Good morning, Creation Fest. You guys well? Praise God. Are you enjoying our excursion through Hebrews so far? How many of you have been here since the start of Hebrews? Not actually when it was written originally, but when we started it this week. Wonderful. It's such an encouraging book, and it's a real blessing for me to be here to share with you just some thoughts surrounding the fact that Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Moses. And for some people, I mean, if you're here, sitting in here, you may have heard about God, um, may have even read the Bible or even attend church. And so with that in mind, you might kind of think, well, that's somewhat of a no-brainer. But for a number of people, it, it actually is a real challenge that needs to be unpacked. Because in reality, it does affect all of us. And so... I'm going to ask you if you are able to, um, to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. We're actually going to be looking at verses 1 to 6, because verse 6 is a bit of a hinge. And so I'm going to end with verse 6. And as you turn there, I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have ordained your word as a faithful, trustworthy, and reliable presentation of yourself to us, that through your word we are able to know you in your power, by your spirit. And so, Lord, we ask that you will just be present among us, that we would know you're present among us as we delve into your word, and that it would mean something to each of us, Lord. And so we give ourselves and this time to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm looking at um, Hebrews 3, 1 to 6, and I'm going to read it from the NIV version. Feel free to follow along with me. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been, worth, has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Now, this nation has seen many great leaders... And um, if I were to take a straw poll, I'm sure we'd have many different opinions as to who we would rate as great leaders. Um, There is one leader who has been um, highly esteemed and highly commended by many throughout the nation and even around the world. 
It might not be a, a name that you'd be expecting me to present at this point as someone who's, who's regarded as a great national leader. But for those who um, are Man United supporters, we've got a few. A bit far south, aren't you, love? Um, anyway, you would at least agree that Sir Alex Ferguson is rated as one of the best managers ever to lead in the game of football. Now, even grudgingly, if you are a supporter of another team, how many people support Man United in here today? Wow. You're the only one. And there's a, there's a few thousand in there at the moment. But that's all right. Rep your case. Rep your team. But even if you're not a supporter of Manchester United, you will agree that Sir Alex Ferguson is somebody who has gone down as a legendary football manager. As a manager, he managed Manchester United and led them to 38 trophies. 38 trophies. And that was a, a, a great achievement. And yet, even among those trophies, it's seen that he won some of the most well, pretty much all of the most prestigious trophies um, a, a football club could win. That was 13 Premier League titles, five FA Cups, and two UEFA Champion League titles. There are people who didn't support Manchester United, who were not under the leadership of Sir Alex Ferguson, who even shed a tear at his retirement in 2013 because he was recognized to have been such an accomplished and such an illustrious leader. Great leaders can be hard to come by and when we see them, we can often find it hard to let them go. And this was the case for those to whom this book was written. The book of Hebrews was written to a group of people, many of whom were Christians, as we see in our verse. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who sharing the heavenly calling. And so this is including those among them who are Christians. They were struggling as Christians of Jewish background, Hence the name of the letter, Hebrews. They were struggling to keep their focus. They were struggling to keep their, their eyes fixed and their trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. Coming from a Jewish background where Moses was the great and illustrious leader of their people, they were tempted to return to Moses and to the Mosaic way of life to follow the laws of Judaism. Now, Christianity has much in common with Judaism because Christianity is born out of or birthed from Judaism. And so for some of them, it wasn't too far a leap. Well, at least there's something in common there. So you know what? It can't be too bad a thing. 
But the writer to the Hebrews is saying, no, hold on. Pull your brakes. Skirt, skirt, skirt. There's no going back to Moses. Because the one you have now, Jesus is better than Moses. I'm sure that there's more than a few of us here who have heard much about Jesus in our lives. We may have had family members who spoke to us about Jesus or friends or, as I mentioned, you have attended church. You may have been somebody who has committed your life to follow Christ and yet experienced the temptation to divert towards something else that seems better. Growing up um, amongst my family in South London, I had a number of them who attended church as children just as I did. And then as they got older, they chose to forsake the way of Christ for others who seemed better to them. I have a a number of, of my family members who are of Rastafarian persuasion. And when I was growing up, I didn't know that there was actually a religious significance to it. I just thought it was an an excuse not to comb your hair and smoke weed. And yet, for them, they esteemed Haile Selassie as being the return of Christ and the one who was to be followed and revered instead of Jesus of Scripture. There are others who I know have found themselves in a place where rather than trusting wholly and completely in Jesus, they've tried to find comfort and confidence in following the the Pope and the edicts of the Pope. And that's what I reckon they should do as well, just like that little one running across the front there. (laughs) Run into the arms of Jesus because he is the only one in whom we can have confidence. We saw in the first chapter, in chapter 1, that in the times gone past, God spoke through the prophets. He had messengers that he used to represent him to the people, and they were called prophets. But in this day, God has spoken finally in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is greater than the prophets. He was not just a prophet, he was a prophet, but he was greater than the prophets. You see, Jesus wasn't just one who brought a message, just like other prophets do. But Jesus is the message. The message that he spoke was of himself. And he even said, if you don't believe me for what I say, believe me for what I do. This is the one who walked on water, who changed water into wine, who opened the eyes of the blind. This is the one who didn't just raise the dead, but he was raised from the dead after three days. This is the Jesus the Bible speaks of. And so Jesus wasn't just a prophet with a message. Jesus is the message. And he is the message of all the prophets 
that have gone by. The Bible tells us this, tells us this in the book of Luke, chapter 24 and verse 27. When Jesus was walking on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples after he had been raised from the dead. And they saw this man and he said, why are you guys looking so sullen and so downcast? And they said, well, are you new around here or something? Haven't you heard what happened to Jesus of Nazareth, who they crucified? And then we see here in verse 27, and beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Notice, where did he begin? With who? It's not a trick question, it's on the screen. Where did he begin? He began with Moses. And so Jesus himself took it right back to Moses and associated himself and related himself and identified himself with Moses. But then he went through all of the prophets and the words of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and showed how all of those words speak of him. And so Jesus is not just the message, but he is the message of the prophets as well. And so in our first verse, we see Jesus is being presented as the apostle and high priest. You see, Jesus is the apostle in the sense of the word, meaning that it's a specially commissioned messenger. So some of you, if you're like me, you'll do online shopping. And with your online shopping, you'll be... Um, connected to your, your Prime account and you'll tick that next day delivery because you want it special delivery straight to your door as soon as possible. Jesus was a specially commissioned messenger sent by the Father. And so he is our apostle, the special one. And yet Jesus is not only the messenger and the message, but he is also the one through whom we must come to the Father. He is the high priest. You see, the priest was one who would come with the people behind him to God. The prophet came from God to the people, but the priest came with the people, on behalf of the people, to God. And so Jesus is the high priest. In fact, later he's called the great high priest. And so, even as we saw previously, it tells us that Jesus is greater than angels. You see, in chapter 1, verse 14, it says that angels are those who assist, angels assist those who would be heirs or inheritors of salvation. Just put your hand in the air, wave it like you just don't care. If you know that, 
You get some of that tonight, I'm sure. Um, if you know that, you are the Lord's. That your faith is in Jesus. Amen. And so the Bible tells us that you have angels on assignment at work in your life, assisting you to inherit all of salvation. And yet, Jesus is greater than the angels. He's more than just an assistant. He's more than just one who represents us to God as a high priest does. Jesus is not just an assistant. He is the way to God. The only way. And we can only come through him. Hebrews tells us he was faithful to the one who appointed him. Just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. You see, Jesus made it clear in John chapter 13 that he was sent by the Father. And having been sent by the Father, he commissioned the disciples who were then known as apostles to go out in his name. And Jesus was faithful to complete the assignment that was given to him. Some of you may be um, those who, who run your own business, or you may be somebody who works for someone who is um, uh, like the, the, the owner of the business. And in those situations, we appreciate how important it is for someone to be faithful in their job. To be faithful, especially if you're, you're working in a, in a small family business, maybe, where... Every ounce of effort counts. Well, salvation is the God family business. And Jesus Christ was faithful in giving himself, fulfilling his assignment. Forget Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible 25 or whatever version we're on now. Jesus came and accomplished the ultimate mission impossible by giving his life as a sacrifice for sinners in order that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And that eternal life isn't just a duration that starts when we die, but it's a quality of life that starts now. That's good news, folks. That's good news. And he made the way for all who believe to be able to have that eternal life. And we're guaranteed of this because God raised him from the dead. And that was like the check of salvation that Christ wrote in his blood, being confirmed as cleared and paid in full. He was faithful to the one who appointed him. Just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. So hold on, we're saying that Jesus is greater than Moses, but Mo I think you would agree that Moses gets some ratings here. He gets some kudos here. He gets some love here. Moses was faithful in all God's house. And so this isn't a case of Moses being pitted against Jesus and Jesus being pitted against Moses in a way that says that one or the other becomes obsolete, useless and irrelevant. Moses done his job. Moses was faithful. 
Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's house to represent God. And yet, this definitely poses a little bit of a challenge because what do we do with the Old Testament? You know that the Old Testament is pretty much two-thirds of the Bible that we have and read today. And so if you're um, able to keep up with your maths, uh, I know I struggle and I don't want to lose anyone, but two-thirds is greater than one-third. And so there's more of the Old Testament even than there is of the New Testament. But so many of us find it so hard to get to grips with it. Not just because there's more of it, but because it just seems so archaic. In fact, there are some people that say, well, there was one God in the Old Testament and there's another God in the New Testament. The Old Testament God was... I used to love doing that when my kids were small. They're not really very impressed by it anymore. But that's the kind of idea that they have of, of the Old Testament God, this little ogre. But the New Testament God is all sweetness and light. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. There's no conflict. There's continuity. And there's no doubt that we kind of have to take a minute to think through it and work out okay, how does this fit together? But the bottom line is, they are all part of one story, the story of Christ, the story that Jesus told those disciples on the road to Emmaus. And so Moses, amongst the Hebrew people, was rated as the most significant of characters for some, they saw Abraham as, as, as greater, but in terms of impact upon the life of the nation, Moses is most highly regarded. Moses was the one who led the people through the Red Sea after the Passover, when they were in Egypt and they put the blood on, on, the, on the doorposts and the angel of death passed over and killed all of the firstborn in Egypt, but left the Hebrew children who were under the sign of the blood. That was Moses. He led them out through the Red Sea with, with Pharaoh behind them and the Red Sea before them, and they were caught between a, a, a rock and a hard place, as they say. And yet God opened that sea before them. And the Bible tells us that the water stood up like walls. And not only did they walk through the Red Sea, but they walked through on dry ground. And yet Moses is the great lawgiver. The great lawgiver who gave the law of God to the people. And you're like, well... That doesn't sound like such a great thing. I mean, we feel like we've got too many laws in this country, right? I mean, you've, you've got the, the moral laws of, of the land and all of the criminal laws of the land, and then you've got the civil laws. You try and park in a parking space, and you don't read the sign properly, and you get a ticket, and you're like, 
How many more laws do we need? And yet God had a distinct purpose in giving Moses the law because in it he revealed his holiness. He revealed his righteousness. I mean, we can all look at the Ten Commandments, right, and, and kind of recognize that actually, if we're honest with ourselves, we haven't kept them all. I mean, who's never ever told a lie in their lives? Don't put your hands up. Because the reality is that you will have just been putting your hand up and committing one at that point. We even lie to ourselves, don't we? I tell you what, I'm going to get there at 9.01, the latest. And you get there at 25 past. And our intention was genuine, but really, we deceived ourselves. We tell ourselves that we look really good in this. And as you can see, we deceive ourselves. Who's never told a lie? Jesus said, if you look at somebody with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already. If you take something that doesn't belong to you, hmm, streaming movies, sharing music, all of these seemingly insignificant things, it demonstrates a fundamental sense of lawlessness within our hearts. And it exposes that God who is the lawgiver is good and we are not. And in that we need a savior. And so Moses was faithful to present God to the people God used him greatly. And yet it says that Moses was faithful in all God's house. And we, we may be thinking of that in terms of a building and in architectural terms. And, you know, we do see in the Bible that it speaks about the people of God being like a building where living stones, the New Testament tells us. In fact, we see this terminology used in the book of Numbers where it relates to Moses. I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions, speaking of the other prophets. I speak to them in dreams, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. This is what God said about Moses. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. And so Moses had a unique relationship with God when he was on the mountain. And he was there asking, God, I want to see you. It's almost as if God laughed. <laughs> Moses, you're not ready, if, you're not ready for that, my, my Don. You know what? No one can see me and live. I mean, I am so great and I am so glorious that even if you glimpse me, you're finished. And so he allowed Moses to see his afterglow. And yet, 
Moses was faithful in all God's house. I like to think of the word house in the way that people use the word team. Team. And so Moses led God's team well. He led them faithfully. Maybe somewhat like Sir Alex Ferguson led Manchester United well. Right to the end. And yet the Bible tells us that Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. Just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Manchester United had many great players that came and went during the leadership of Alex Ferguson. At the end of his reign as manager, his name endured as being the one who facilitated and supported and unleashed the talent of all of these great footballers. He was seen as the architect of the great Manchester United in its heyday. The builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. I wonder if there's anyone who might know who these two characters are. No, didn't think so. Neither do I. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I'm not, I, I know one of them's called Ed and one of them's called Herbert. I'm not even sure which one's which. And yet, we would all say that we're somewhat familiar and might recognize this building, right? Even people from overseas. You see, those two gentlemen were the architects of this grand building that we know to be the, the Houses of Parliament. And even though we look at the grandeur of the Houses of Parliament in all of its glory, we know nothing about those who built it. Myself included, even as one who lives in London. You see, if I ask the question, who's greater, would you say, or which is greater, would you say the Houses of Parliament or the guys who built it? Now, those guys are, are long since dead. And so some of you might be tempted to say, the Houses of Parliament, they're still standing strong. Look at Big Ben still chiming away. <laughs> but the reality is that it wouldn't be there if it wasn't realized by those two men. And so, Jesus, even though people don't recognize him, even though people don't rate him, even though people don't esteem him and view him as relevant, is greater than Moses and all that Moses done. Every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. You see, Jesus, as we heard from Carl earlier, is the one through whom everything that exists was made. He was before all things, and all things were made through him. It's not that Jesus was merely a member of the team, or even the manager of the team. But Jesus was the creator of the team. I mean, even down to the very cells 
And so Jesus is worthy of greater honor. Now, some of you who are younger may recognize this individual. Anyone recognize who this is? He's a a DJ by the name of Avicii who passed away this year. Young man, and there were many who mourned his passing, many who enjoyed his performances as a DJ when he played out, and were very sad to see him go. The loss of any life is a sad thing especially one so young. And yet his name is known because of his work as a DJ. And I'd like to propose to you today something that you may not have heard before. I often look at Moses as being one of the great DJs of history. If the word of God was like music, Moses was the one who received that music and represented it to the people like a DJ. But that was his role, merely to represent that music, that word to people. Now, if I said to you, you know what, we've got bad news, folks. There's no more bands going to be at Creation Fest, unfortunately. Um, There's been a problem, and we're just going to have a DJ play all of their music for the rest of the festival. You'd feel disappointed, right? I'm I'm here with my daughters, and um, my younger daughter, Chloe, was gutted. She missed Worship Central last night, and she knows their music, and, oh, they've got this great new song, and so on. And she was gutted that she actually wouldn't stop going on about it. Even though she's got them on her iPod or her phone or Apple Music or whatever it is these days. You see, having somebody represent it to you is not the same as having the the, the creators of the music give it to you in person. And in this we see Jesus is greater than Moses. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. And as we heard in Hebrews 1, God spoke by the prophets, but he spoke finally in Jesus. Now Moses said this, the Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command them. him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. Jesus is greater than Moses, and Moses himself said it. Moses said, there's going to be a prophet that's coming. And so let me ask you, do you ever find yourself in a place where you go through life wanting to please God and you begin to stack up little rules? You know what? I haven't been to church for a, for a while. For the next four Sundays, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm there because I know God will be pleased with that. You know what? I live my life and I think so little of others. I'm going to give to charity because I know that God will be pleased with that. 
Maybe you say, I'm going to spend some time reading my Bible because I know God will be pleased with that. I'm going to keep the commandments. That's what I'm going to do. I'm never going to tell another lie. I'm never going to be greedy for anything ever again. And yet all of these laws you find that you keep breaking and disappointing yourself, even to the extent that you feel like God doesn't love you anymore. Can God really take me seriously? Does he really care about me? Look at me, I'm a hopeless mess. Jesus is greater than Moses. He is greater than the law of Moses. The Bible tells us this, in, first, in John chapter 1, verse 17. The law was given through Moses. And whether you're trying to keep the law of Moses or all of your own little laws, you'll never be able to do it. Which is why grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace is the great revelation of the New Testament. You see, the Old Testament is not irrelevant it still serves to show us how good and holy and just and righteous that God is. Even to the point of exposing us and showing how we are none of those things by ourselves. And it leaves us in a place where we cry out, Lord, what must I do to be saved? I can't do it on my own. I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I'm disappointed and I'm... I'm I'm scared, Lord, because I can't even do the things that I want to do. God says it's all right. Because Jesus is greater than Moses. Moses was the law giver. Jesus was the law keeper. And in keeping the law entirely from start to finish, he kept every one of the commandments and pleased God perfectly. He aced that test. He got an A star. I know there's many of you are getting their exam results today. And our prayers are with you. And you may not get the A star that you want to, but Jesus got one on your behalf. Jesus passed the ultimate exam, the ultimate test on your behalf. So that you could be freed from the stress and you could be relieved from having to try and do it yourself. Because that's what grace means. Grace means that Jesus credits you with his goodness. Like somebody who's bankrupt, being credited, not just with the cancellation of their debt, with, but with an infinite amount of money such that they would never be bankrupt again. And their financial status has been transformed. All of the people that they were in debt to have been paid. You see, we were in debt to God because of our sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God. And yet the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And here's good news for you today. Here's great news for you today. You don't have to stress and you don't have to strive to try and please God. God was pleased with Christ on your behalf. Jesus fully pleased God. 
And to all who believe in him, to all who will put their trust in him and say, thank you, Jesus, for fulfilling the law for me, even to the point of death. And taking all of my sin upon you and all of my failings and all of my shortcomings upon you and being judged for my sin in my place when I should have been judged. To you, he grants eternal life. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, the Old Testament was just part of the picture. It wasn't the complete story. The law was just part of the picture. It was just a means to an end to bring us to that place where we would recognize our need for Jesus. The law was the bad news. Jesus is the good news. And he is the only way to the Father. Not keeping your own laws, not following someone else. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Amen? And I know that there are several opportunities that have been given for you to respond to this message of truth. And here you have another. The last verse says, Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. Not just a servant, but a son. And we are his house. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory, there is salvation in no other name given among men. You cannot be saved by anyone else, not your mom, not your grandma, not your auntie Lil. Not Uncle Jim, not the most impressive lecturer that you've ever heard in, in, your, in, in your studies. The only one who can save is Jesus Christ. Moses was a murderer. He killed an Egyptian. Moses misrepresented God. But Jesus pleased God perfectly. And he took your failing paper and he put his name at the top of it and he took his stellar passing paper and he put your name at the top of it and in making that switch you can be credited with his goodness and his righteousness simply by trusting him and so the connect team will be in green t-shirts along the side and I know Carl encouraged people to come up to the front and kneel and maybe that you felt like that was a bit too much for you it was a bit too overwhelming but I'm going to ask the connect teams to be standing at the side and I want you to take the opportunity to take the first step in trusting Jesus by going to the connect teams and telling them please pray for me because I'm tired Jesus is there for you. You're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Trying to keep all the plates spinning and you can't do it. Jesus said, if you're weary, come and I will give you rest. Doesn't matter who you are. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to hand over to the team to close with a song. 
but the connect team are at the sides make that connection Father God we thank you so much for the way in which you so faithfully sent Christ Lord Jesus you alone are worthy of honour, glory and worship you alone are worthy of all praise Moses was great, Elijah was great Abraham was great, our mum's great our grand's great but Lord only you alone are worthy of glory, honour and praise because truly you are the way you don't just help us to find the way truly you are the truth you're not just the messenger of the truth and through you and only through you we have life we thank you Lord Jesus and I thank you for every soul today under the sound of my voice wherever they are for the fact that you are present by your spirit to save have your way Lord we ask in your glorious name Amen. God bless you guys.